Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we pick up in Mark chapter 9 with verses 14 through 29. Right after the transfiguration of Jesus, which was witnessed by three of his disciples, he returns to the rest of them to encounter another crisis. There's a huge crowd already gathered, an argument going on with the hypocritical scribes and a demon-possessed young man. And when they saw him coming, they flocked to him to see what he would do. Have you ever had a day like that? Right after experiencing a spiritual high, the world throws every problem at you that it seems like it can muster. How does your faith hold up in crisis? Is it strong? Is it weak? Do you often wish you had more? Do you ever wonder if God is able to do something like the father of this boy did when he asked Jesus, if you can do something, will you? And Jesus keyed in on that word, if. If I can, don't you understand who I am? What does that say about your faith? Here is today's slice of the sermon entitled, I Do Believe, Help My Unbelief. Find your way, please, in your Bibles to Mark chapter 9, where we left off last week at the conclusion of verse 13, and by a wonderful coincidence, we're going to pick up at verse 14 this morning. Today we're going to cover probably more ground than most of our recent messages. Uh, this time, it's, it's one of the rare incidents in the life of Jesus uh, where Mark records more than the other Gospels do. Uh, Mark is the shortest of the Gospels, and usually if it's something's recorded in Matthew and Mark and Luke or John, any combination of them, Mark has the littlest. But um, this involves a, a miracle of casting out a demon. Now, that's the kind of thing that you might have expected, and you certainly saw plenty of it in the earlier chapters of Mark, where he strung together a, a whole bunch of miracles to show the credentials to prove that Jesus is the Son of God. But in this case, the miracle isn't the main point of the passage. It's not the focal point. What is important for understanding this text rightly is to know how it fits into the life of Jesus and the role that it plays in this particular gospel. The miracle itself doesn't add anything we don't already know to the credentials of Jesus. But more important is that you understand this is part of Jesus' training of the twelve. Uh, the twelve apostles needed to be ready to minister when he was gone. So he has a lot to say to, this time, to, to them. And during this time, several things are going on. You've already heard me mention that ever since the close of the so-called Great Galilean Ministry, Jesus has been withdrawing from the huge crowds, and he's been instead majoring on spending time with his disciples to prepare them for the cross, for the resurrection, and for their ministries to follow. He's just been 
telling them over and over again, and he's just told Peter, James, and John on the way down the mountain from the transfiguration not to tell others that he is the Messiah until after his death and resurrection. To do so would have just complicated things uh, prematurely, and he wanted the whole story to be told. He has also now begun spelling out the predictions of his death and resurrection in clear language. Now, he had alluded to it earlier. He had spoken of the sign of Jonah, him being three days in the great fish, like Jesus being three days in the, in the earth. But now he's saying it openly. The Son of Man must go to Jerusalem. He must be betrayed. He must suffer many things. He must be killed, and he will rise again. Now, also during this time, and even before he left the the Galilean ministry, he has also been unveiling mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. Remember in the Bible, a mystery is something not revealed in the Old Testament, now made known in the New. These mysteries have to do with how everything fits together in light of the fact that the leaders of the Jews, the ones who should have been embracing the Messiah, rejected Him. And how is that going to fit? No one, understanding only the Old Testament, could figure it out that the Messiah was to come twice. And there would be this extended period of time between the two comings. The first time, He would make the once-for-all sacrifice for sins. The second time, He's going to come in glory. He's going to bring the kingdom of heaven to earth. Now, among those mysteries, Mark doesn't mention this one, but Matthew does, he has made the first mention of what he calls my church. This is a new entity that's going to come into existence in the near future from their frame of reference, and it would be in that time between the first coming and the second coming. Now, in light of all of that, it's quite plausible, quite reasonable, I should say, that the disciples could be wondering, well, what about all those promises that aren't yet fulfilled? Especially the things the the prophets said concerning a a, a glorious kingdom. If, If the king's going to be killed, how can that be? So, Jesus has just taken Peter, James, and John with him up onto a a high mountain somewhere north of Caesarea Philippi, probably somewhere along the way to the summit of Mount Hermon. And he gave them a glimpse of what it will be like when he returns in glory at his second coming. That was what we call the transfiguration. That was what we studied last Lord's Day in verses 1 through 13 of chapter 9. Now, that, the event that immediately follows the transfiguration is the beginning of a new phase, if you will, of the training of the apostles. There's a series of lessons from where we are in chapter 9 all the way through the end of chapter 10. And you can see how they tie together when you realize the whole purpose of this is to prepare them to minister in his absence. They'd never been apart from him for two and a half years. And the incident before us today is going to start this series of lessons with a lesson about faith. And there'll be several more taking us through chapter 10. It's going to start with a lesson on faith. It's going to end with a lesson on faith. 
In, begin, in between, there's a lesson on humility, a lesson on offenses that cause stumbling, a lesson on the seriousness of sin, a lesson on marriage and divorce, a lesson on the place of children in the kingdom, a lesson on earthly riches, a lesson on true wealth, and then the, uh, sacrificial, the lesson on sacrificial service, then another lesson on faith. So that brings us up to this moment where we rejoin our text at chapter 9, verse 14. Jesus, Peter, James, and John are coming down from the mountain, and they find when they arrive there, the nine other disciples have gotten themselves into an interesting situation while the transfiguration was taking place. Now, I've chosen the title based upon a, a verse in here that I love, I Do Believe. Help my unbelief. And here's how we're going to work through this narrative. Number one, they couldn't do it, verses 14 through 18. Number two, Jesus says, bring him to me. Number three, the lesson, all things are possible, verses 23 through 29. So we'll just let the passage flow and see how it unfolds for us. It starts out with this issue, they couldn't do it. Chapter 9, verse 14. When they came back to the disciples, they saw a large crowd around them and some scribes arguing with them. Now, came back means that they came back from where they had been up on the mountain for the transfiguration. And they knew that the nine guys would be there, the nine apostles, and there was a little entourage of other disciples that had followed with them, but there was a, there was a bigger crowd than just that. It was a crowd that had gathered because obviously word got out that Jesus was in the area. So people came as they always did. Now, I'm sure it wasn't the size of crowd like they had dealt with constantly in Capernaum and all around southern Galilee while Jesus focused His ministry there, but it was a, a sizable crowd nevertheless. Seeing the disciples of Jesus, and they would be, they would be known by sight, uh, people came expecting to see Jesus. He wasn't home. So they engaged the nine apostles and whoever else was around while they were gone. And notice that it also says, and some scribes were arguing with them. That's a lot like saying, the sun came up yesterday. Because that's what the scribes do. They just want to argue about anything and everything. They're always looking for a way to try to discredit Jesus. And what was going on there that you're going to see in a moment had given them a prime opportunity to really bug the nine apostles who were there. Probably that's what they were arguing about. Now, it doesn't really matter what they argued about because if it did matter, we'd be told. But we do know it was a bad day for those nine. They were not able to help someone in desperate need, and they were getting an earful of verbosity from the scribes to boot. So verse 15, immediately when the entire crowd saw him, they were amazed and began running up to greet him. Mark used a strong word here, just, just seeing Jesus they were amazed. Now remember, he's up near Caesarea Philippi. That's out of the beaten path of where he had spent most of his ministry there. So 
They were amazed just to see him. Most of these people maybe were seeing him for the very first time. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.